Okay, welcome, welcome, welcome to Love and Relationships Part 2 of How to Love Others Effectively Without Limitations and Expectations. So, and also, hello, welcome to your show, Fruit for Your Soul. I'm your host, Cardelia Reed, and there's no guessing what the title's going to be because I'm so into this subject, and it's such a, I don't know, it's one of those subjects that's kind of touching, but it's endearing, and I'm very passionate about it. Probably because I see it so much and it's, I don't know what to say about it. It's something that needs to be talked about more in the body of Christ. And, you know, I started season four off with just talking about love and relationships and focusing on first the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all things and his righteousness and all things shall be added unto you. And with that, we find out how to love ourselves. And then through that, we learn to love others, Right. So um, I want to continue on relationships and why is it that so many people are single now in the body of Christ a lot longer than they've ever been? We started talking about that in part two, so I'm going to continue that. I'm sorry, in part one, and I'm going to continue that in part two. And so one of the things that I find that is so helpful, I gave examples in the first part about, you know, where you meet people and what's wrong with just talking and saying hello and good morning, talking to people you don't normally talk to. But how about, you know, how about just loving people because we are all God's children? And I feel like when you open up your mind to that perspective, you have done something. You have really opened up yourself to the world and the world sees you also at a new light because you are God's child, just like that other person that you're speaking to or just people that you see. And when you see people that way, there's a certain compassion that comes on you when it comes to how you talk to them, how you treat them, how you um, just even how you relate to them yourself. Right. So what about just doing that? I think that a lot of times that the stronghold that gets on us, particularly when we're single, is that we get a little bit more guarded when we meet the opposite sex or we get a certain way. We we act some kind of way that's not real to who we truly are because we feel that we want some kind of acceptance from that person. But if you start seeing people for who they really are and what God says about them, God loves all of us. We don't have to do anything more or less to receive the kind of love that God has for us. So then you look at that person that way because you also feel that way. So you the, the whole spiritual realm of love, which is one of the most important factors, the most powerful factors you can have when it comes to warfare, has just come unto you in such a new way that when you meet someone, regardless of what age, race, sex they are, the powers of darkness, you put so much pressure on them because you accept them for who they are, because God accepts them and loves them. You put so much pressure on the powers of darkness, they have to flee. So right now, there's nothing preventing you from just um, getting to know that person, trying to connect with that person, unless there are obvious signs of that person not wanting to talk to you, or you see something that's a little bit more dark. Uh, they're just being abusive. They're not being, you know, they're not just being open to you. Then nothing should prevent you from trying to connect with them. And what I say is that you can always love someone 
from a distance. I'm not saying that, for example, if there's a rapist <laughs> that's in prison, you got to go in the prison cell and be locked up with that person because that person's obviously struggling with some things. And, you know, God doesn't place titles on that. But you understand they're struggling with those things, the demon, the lust. You're not going to put yourself in the face of that person to be um, pretty much attacked by them, right? So you have to go by, um, use some sort of discernment when you find that, okay, I'm going to choose to love God's children regardless of what comes my way that day, right? So if you come go with me to first corinthians 11 and i want you to look at let's see what verse is that uh give me one second it was just in front of my face and it's verse three first corinthians 11 verse three but i will have you to know that the head of every man is christ and the head of the woman is the man and the head of christ is god and a lot of, uh, you know, in the body of Christ, the Bible is what it is. That is very, very, very clear. Um, in the body of Christ, when it comes to relationships and marriage, particularly marriage, this is what I'm going to focus on because we, we're all that's the people that are single. We want you to get in the marriage and the people that are married. We want you to understand this, that this is what God says it is. All right. We're not saying women that man is superhuman because God placed them in this role. We're not saying that because men are flesh. They are who they are. What we're saying is you have to understand that men have position. I just read that to you. Women have influence. Just like when Adam um, was tempted, the reason why he was tempted because Eve was the one telling him to do it. Okay, so yeah, God left Adam in charge, but Eve was the one that influenced him to eat that out that uh, fruit. Excuse me, from the tree. So I want you to understand the power that you have women when it comes to meeting men. You know, um, a lot of times women will make this statement and say, I always meet the wrong man. There are no good men out there. Now, what are you doing when you're saying that? You're putting out there the words that are coming out of your mouth. You're giving life to negative words. And thus, those words manifest in your life. And then you start warding off men successfully because of your words. So number one, you got to stop those words. All right. Number two, uh, I will actually go as far as stop the thinking because <laughs> that's what we're working on. your thinking, your thought process now. So definitely stop saying the words, um, you know, make that whenever you start to think that capture that thought and make it obey Christ. Just rebuke it in the name of Jesus. All right. Number three, understand that as a woman, as a woman, don't give the man so much power that you're just, you have none for yourself. The Holy Spirit is in you just like he is in him. He is flesh just like you. Men are not created to be these super people that we give everything to. And we, you know, we're so disappointed by them that we can't talk to anybody else because one relationship went bad, right? So what I'm saying to you is don't put men above God, all right? Don't put yourself above anyone else when it comes to what you're capable of doing. Does that make sense? In other words, don't think only good certain people get in relationships and you don't. All right. I just want to make sure I break that down to you. Uh, you know, I, I just want to approach this from so many different perspectives. So, you know, this may be a little here and there, but I want to approach it from every perspective that I can because it all goes back to that one relationship with the Holy Spirit. All right. Now, I know that. You know, men have, you know, for women, men have a way of getting with other women and talking about other men, bashing them, thinking that all men do is sleep around, they want sex and all this kind of stuff. Well, guess what you're doing when you're getting with other women and you're talking about men? You're sinning too. That's right. You are sinning too. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to gossip. 
You're not supposed to talk bad about other people. You're doing things just as you claim the other person is doing something wrong too. So just know that he may be sinning because of what he did, but you're sinning also. That's one of the seven things that God hates. Feet that are swift to run to situations like that and to talk about people like that. That's not of God. So men have things they do. Women have things they do. All right. Don't think that you are above any man because you haven't made the decision that he made. And men certainly don't think that about you. They may be thinking some things about you, but men have to understand that you're not perfect also when it comes to that subject. So we can't bash people. Because of a sin that they're choosing. A sin is a sin is a sin. All right. So just remember that the next time a woman is comes to you and she's tempted to talk to you about what another man is doing. Stop that. Stop that. Because that in and of itself creates pride. All right. Getting with each other, putting down other people. And it creates a stronghold that causes vicious loops in both of your lives. If it's two women and all of you, if it's a group of women. It happens so often. This is one of the reasons why me, myself, I don't travel with groups of women. Because what comes next is man bashing. And to be honest with you, past a certain age, you have to be very careful and very discerning when it comes to traveling with certain people or being around people longer than what... um you're supposed to be. Now, I'm going to be very, very careful with this because I'm not talking about women's conferences and retreats and those kinds of things. I'm talking about inadvertently being around groups of people because you're single yourself and you've been single for so long and there's supposedly nobody else that you see to travel with. When you open up your eyes to everything that God has for you, and oh my goodness, I know I'm talking to somebody that's listening to this right now because God is visually, he's giving me a visual of my audience right now. And I just want to first just tell you how beautiful you are and how accepting you are in Jesus' eyes and even your own. So look in the mirror and tell yourself that. All right. I don't by no way. Please don't take this as there's something wrong with you or there's something wrong with something you've done in the past. All right. Because my goal for this podcast is to move from this day forward with everyone that listens to this. Move from this day forward. Do not be concerned with what you have done in the past. If there's something you've done and you have not repented for it, repent it. Repent, okay? Confess it and move on. Know that God forgives you and forgive yourself. So I don't want you to get too focused on these kinds of things. But I do want you to hear me clearly, 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 all right? If you are a single woman and you've been traveling and just hanging around groups of women repetitively, today, repetitively, excuse me, Now is the time to stop. That prevents you, that has prevented you from meeting the person that God has for you. All right? Because there are things that are occurring in that group interaction that's not of God. And God didn't tell you to do it either. All right? So that's what I'm talking about. Once again, I'm not talking about church retreats and conferences and things like that. I'm talking about the constant repetitious uh, action of being around groups of women that that are all mostly single themselves and they get together and talk about and bash men or talk about their problems with each other and have a pity problem and there's negative spirits in the air. It gets on each other and then those negative, it gets on the women, excuse me, and then those spirits bring back seven other spirits because you have been so distracted by that problem and Satan makes that problem seven times worse every time we give into it. So I want you to remember that the next time you're tempted to do that. I did not mean to get off into that tangent, but I just felt that I'm talking to some people that are listening to this. Um, 
I don't want you to think that um, you've messed up because you've been single for so long and you've made that decision. I, this is not the purpose. Of, we all have to improve ourselves and we're all learning until the day that we die. Okay. And I want you to understand that God places these messages on my heart for a reason. Um, I'm very passionate about building the body of Christ the way God wants it to be built. And God is tired of all these single people, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old, dying single. Okay, because they've got spirits on them and no one's taught them how to get it off. My people, the Bible says, my people pray. God says my people perish because they lack knowledge. So this is to give you knowledge to help you to understand that we're not designed. We were never designed to be single. Okay, now there are some exceptions to the rule. We, we know Paul was like that, but we're designed to have helpmates and we're designed to be married, to be fruitful and multiply. I have found regardless of what you do in your life, when you are single, you always find that there's a gap somewhere to be filled. And usually that gap comes with a part of your purpose and your birthright. Now, there I know there are multiple reasons why people sometimes get married and don't have kids. We will not get into that right now. I will have another podcast discussing that. And that's also in my book. But I want to focus on the ones that are single that have not gotten to that point yet. And they are suffering greatly because of that. Now, uh, I talked about the, um, you know, uh, women ha- having to understand that men are not perfect, but to know that um, when we do think that they're perfect and they're messing up, <coughs> excuse me, we start to suffer because we're expecting something from them. They're clearly not capable of doing, and they don't know that they're capable. And when this happens, we have to understand that sometimes we have to lead by example. Okay, here's an example, all right? <clears throat> One time I was really young, probably 19, 20 years old. I had a disagreement with my sister. And she was really upset about something um, that I feel that she was wrong. She caused the problem. My father was not happy that we were not speaking to each other. And he said, you need to apologize to her. And I said, no. Why do I need to apologize when she was the one that was wrong? He said, it doesn't matter. He said, because I expect for her to act that way because she just don't know any better. But you, you're the one that know better. And so you have to set the example and you have to apologize for her to see that even though she was wrong and you are right, that you have the righteousness in you. And sometimes people have to see that example. All right, so how does what does that mean for you in the relationship or to men that you meet that you feel like are not making the best decisions? This is just, like I said, as you feel like, because we're not here to judge people. You have to be that example. I'm not saying preach and teach and talk and, and point at them and criticize them. What I'm saying is that be the example. Be the example. Be the example. If you see that someone's... um. All right, I'm going to take it there. Okay, so if you meet a guy, and let's just say you like him, he likes you, and he just wants to sleep with you and have sex. And you say, you know, I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm just, I'm not interested in having it because I don't know you well enough yet. And that is not my purpose for meeting you to jump in bed with you. And your being the example is, I'm going to choose to not do this. I still like you as a friend. But if that if our friendship is conditional on my having on my having sex with you, then we cannot be friends because friends have similar values, right? Okay, that's the example. Now, that friend will make a decision to say, "Hey, 
this person's different than all the other friends I've met. <laughs> Case in point, they are. Or they could say, hey, okay, I'm done with the friendship. Goodbye, right? So who cares? You don't need that kind of friend. That's when you're comfortable and secure and know who you are in Christ, right? However, let's just say you didn't know you had to be the example. And then you meet a guy and he wants to sleep with you. And you under pressure, not even just pressure, but under the mere fact that's what you've been doing, okay, fornicating, under the mere fact that you want to do it, there are all kinds of reasons to do it, under the mere fact that you think that if you do it, it's going to start a relationship. And then you do it because thus you've been doing it before. And then the same thing happened that happened before. Nothing comes out of it, right? So that's what I mean when I say be the example, all right? It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean he's a bad person. Sometimes we just make the wrong decision because now that he sees that you're having sex fast like everybody else, and I'm using he as an example because it could be any other way around, and then how does that distinguish you from someone he can learn something from, right? So... If you want to teach somebody something, you have to show them in your actions, not just tell them that. And you can't have sex with them and say, oh, I shouldn't have done it. That's not going to work because that that tells both of you that you're not comfortable with something and you did it to please him. And you're saying, I shouldn't have done it to please him. Your goal, case in point, as a relationship with the Holy Spirit is to please God. Man's goal, woman's goal is, is not is not to please each other, but to please God. Once you get into a marriage, then you have a covenant with God. And you're in the marriage and you are under that covenant to please the husband or the wife. But you don't have that right in the relationship. Because as a believer, relationships are not acknowledged in the Bible, only marriage. Which brings me to live in relationships. And I know this is a touchy subject, um, but I'm going to tell you, there are too many people suffering because of this. I used to be one of them. That's why this is so passionate for me. Years ago. Not recently, thank God. But, um, you know, I meet so many young women nowadays that are just living with their boyfriends. And older ones, too, believe it or not. But sometimes you think after a while they just get tired of it. But no, they just keep living with them sometimes because they just don't, uh, they're not opening up their minds to more. So I say that, and this is not to condemn anybody. I'm saying it because I know that they're suffering based on what they've told me. This is not a guess, all right? Um, They're living with these people. They're saying, my boyfriend, like he's their husband. And then they see that they have all these problems. For example, I was talking to a girl one time and she said, gosh, I don't like it when my boyfriend have all these female friends. And I don't have any male friends. This is just a decision that she made. She says, I don't like it when that happens and it makes me very uncomfortable. And she lives with her boyfriend. I said, well, you know, you guys are not married, right? She goes, no. I said, well, he could have as many friends as he wants and so can you. Well, I don't think so because he's. we decided to be in a relationship and be exclusive and we live together. And so we should not under any circumstances have other friends. And that's not true. Who told you that? Who told us that? That's not even biblical. Who told us that we cannot have any other friends because we're in relationships that's not even acknowledged in the Bible? The, the devil did. We told each other that. And it just keeps getting... I don't even know who went first. We, are, we did our devil. Either way is not correct. All right? A healthy relationship if someone that has the same values and beliefs as you do. Okay? Friendships. And... 
That simply means it doesn't mean that you have to limit that to the same sex. Okay. It can be anybody. It can be anybody. All right. So I want to make sure you understand that. An unhealthy relationship is someone trying to place their beliefs on you, control you, manipulate you, make you feel a certain way when you don't feel that way. Uh, when people don't have, once again, don't have the same beliefs or even having sex and claiming your friends, all that's unhealthy. All that's unhealthy. And there's nothing right about it. It's all the devil. And it creates demons and demons get bigger and bigger and bigger in those situations. Women, if you are in a relationship with a man and you're not married, it's okay to have male friends. He's not going to, um, you know, I don't know. I feel like some women think that men are going to dislike them because of that. Who cares? Your goal is not to please him. Your goal is to please God. You have the right to have as many friends as you want when you are single. You have that right. He doesn't like that, but you don't like his female friends. He's not telling you about either. You've got to know this, women. You've got to know this. My husband and I, um, we were dating. And I, at, by this time, I pretty much, I think I started listening to my mom. My mom told me this when I was in my late teens, early 20s. She said, you know, you don't need to tie yourself down to a man if you're not married to him. And I said, no, we're, we, we've decided to be exclusive. We're not going to talk to other people, blah, blah. Well, he showed me just how exclusive he was after six years. Okay. <laughs> so I got it after that. And I tell women, this is so important. So when I met my hu- my husband, we were dating before we got married. He had female friends. I had male friends. And he didn't like so much my, my some of my male friends, but that wasn't my problem. That was just how he felt. I didn't like it so much that he had female friends, especially when we started sleeping together. It became a terrible problem. Um, which was fornicating. So that's that's the thing. You know, it just brings about so many issues when you sing when you're sinning like that. And I'll get into that another time. But the point that I'm trying to make, particularly with this part, is that I got to the point in our relationship about nine months later that he started slowing down calling me. And that really hurt. It really hurt. And so I called him and just, you know, and addressed the big fat elephant in the room. I said, hey, you know, um, I do understand you have other female friends you may be spending time with. And I know, I hope you understand that, you know, I have male friends, as we talked about before. But I decided that since, you know, you're spending time with your female friends, I decided I'm going to give you that distance. And then I'm going to go about my life and enjoy my life because, you know, I'm not going to let anything stop me from enjoying my life. I'm going to give you that time that you want and I'm going to step aside because the truth is I'm going to keep my male friends until I get married because I have that right. So I want you to understand you have that right to keep your female friends until you decide you want to get married. After that conversation, two months later, my husband proposed to me. (laughs) Uh, So my boyfriend at the time proposed to me and so now we're married. Uh, I say that because you got to get comfortable and be confident and be secure in who you are in your relationship with the Holy Spirit. All right. Um, I'm going to take a couple more minutes and address this. No. And I know I beat this dead horse. Uh, live in relationships or not marriage. They're not even legally recognized. If that person got into a car accident, went to the hospital, you are not even recognized as someone that can legally vouch for them. It's just because you're not married. All right. Stop treating live in like it's marriage. Stop calling your boyfriend, your girlfriend, somebody that you own because you don't own them. God does just like God owns you. So that that's not the case. And even with that, God doesn't treat us a certain way and control us. He gives us free will. You have free will to choose and do the things that you choose to do, be it that they are healthy, wholesome and good for you and not creating problems. So and one of the things that God um, 
actually place on my heart to discuss with some people is that particularly women, there's this thing called a, the spirit of a concubine. And as I read the Bible more, I see this throughout the Bible. Concubines were people that were pretty much, um, ooh, I want to say taken by men who were married, but they, the purpose of them is just to keep them to have sex with them. That's essentially it. And so, um, you see where a lot of kings and people did this in the Bible. But remember, throughout the Bible, concubines were just as they were. Some of them were killed. Some of them were locked up and put away. And some of them died, concubines, forever. And today, in the kind of world that we live in, nobody, people get married, they can care less if they're married, right? They just start cheating all over the place. And so a lot of people... You know, particularly things go wrong or people just, you know, want to sleep around. But when they start sleeping, particularly when you start sleeping with, uh, for example, a married man, you get this spirit of a concubine on you. That's really difficult to break. You have to know, you have to have help with this. And someone's got to be able to break that soul tie off. Because what happens is when I say spirit of a concubine, once you start sleeping with that married man, it's so hard. Even after you break that relationship off to get that spirit off you because that spirit is on you and it wants you to stay that person forever. Meaning you die like that. You die where no, for some reason it manifests in your life where men just don't connect with you the way they should because they're awarded off by you some kind of way, you know, or you just, because there's a fear that creates in your mind, I'm going to stay single for the rest of my life. And then it starts to manifest in your life. Something happens there. I don't, some type of twistedness from the um, powers of darkness that keeps that person in a mind frame of, um, I just can't get married. I'm not getting married. Something's going on. And then you see that person single for like a really long time before they ever get married again. Then when they get married, they have so many issues, but it has to be broken off. It has to be broken off. I cannot stress that enough. If not, a lot of women who've been sleeping around with married men die that way. That's very important for you to know. Okay. Um, I don't want you to think I'm picking on, on women because a sin is a sin is a sin. All right. Um, I say that because we see a, a lot of that kind of stuff happening. I know a lot of women cheat. Um, same thing, men, um, a sin is a sin is a sin. Um, men may not get that particular spirit of a concubine on them. A spirit is a spirit. It doesn't really matter what sex it is, which they could, but sometimes men have a way of, it's almost an attachment thing where sometimes they'll get married just because they want the companionship. Okay. And because that man has that position, it's a lot faster, it seems, for him to pick somebody out and get married, whether he loves them or not. So that's why I, I, I kind of be very careful with that because I can't say he cannot get that spirit, but it will not be a dominating spirit on him. Now, there can be a dominating scene on him where, okay, he may get married and he might die, you know, two years later, prostate cancer, anything. So I'm just saying to you that that's a whole different subject. I'm not going to open up that can. It's time for me to get ready to close this. But I want you to understand that. This is a very serious subject in the body of Christ. Now, I'm going to continue this because we got to learn how to love with no expectations and limitations on people. And once we put that up, as you can see in the examples that I gave, there's so many problems and suffering that occurs. All right, I'm in. I'm done. Um, remember, if nothing else, Jesus loves you and so do I. You can catch me on the Cross Network. Uh, on Mondays and Friday, on uh, Mondays and Thursdays. Sometimes they air it on different days. And I'll, I'll look for you there. How about that? Um, you can always send me an email, love at cardelia.com for any questions, feedback, comments. I'm all over iTunes, just Stitcher. I cannot keep up with the medias. I just do like one site and they upload to so many sites. So I'm all over 
online. Um, my book is coming out April 14th, and that is Little Diary Relationship Truths. If you like this podcast and the other, there's a whole lot more of this in that book, uh, particularly for us our believers, as believers in the body of Christ and that are looking to improve ourselves in our relationships with people. And I just, just to end this, this spirit of just people being single forever in the body of Christ, we got to stop this. All right. I will see you next time. Remember, I'm going to say it again. If nothing else, Jesus loves you and so do I. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.